2: You're listening to Bass Fishing for Noobs on the Paddle and Finn podcast with your hosts, Ryan Milford and Sean Lambert. Welcome back to Bass Fishing for Noobs on the Paddle and Finn podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. We got our other host, Sean. Hey, guys. And tonight we have. Uh, the winner of the jig tournament that I fished last weekend, and I'm—I I should have asked you like how exactly to pronounce your last name before we did this. I'm probably gonna butcher it, butcher it, but we got Timmy S- Cineron. Uh,
3: that's right, that's right, that's
2: yeah. yeah. Okay, sweet. So we got Timmy Cineron. You know, he—he's uh, from around here in Tennessee as well. And we fished that local jigs only tournament, and he spanked everybody in that tournament. But uh, yeah, welcome to the show, Timmy.
3: Hey, pleasure to be here.
2: Um, you know, for people that don't know you, would you want to you know tell a little bit more about yourself and all that good stuff?
3: Well, where do I start? I'm just a guy <laughs> that enjoys fishing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. It's all I like to do. I got. Yeah. Been uh, kayak fishing tournaments for about five years now, I think, roughly. So, uh, grew up here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, fish a lot of rivers, creeks, lakes, ponds, water. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> what kind of boat do you fish out of? I
3: uh, fish out of a uh, Jackson Coosa FD for my lake tournaments, and uh, I still have a CUDA 12 for floating the rivers
1: okay cool so a jackson guy
2: mm-hmm. now are, are you on the jackson team or or do you uh
3: just like jackson uh i just like jackson you know it's made in tennessee and
2: that's that's my home hey i, I to jackson now myself you know i didn't the other night because uh i'm working on a warranty claim but you know I, everybody told me their customer service was top notch and they'd take care of me and you know, so far everything's been great. They're getting me, getting me all taken care of. But uh, but yeah. So, you know, one thing you didn't mention is you seem to like kill it in all these tournaments. You know, you said you've been doing it for a while, but man, it, you know, I in that group, you know, I've been, I'm just now really getting into doing events with the group. But, uh, you know, I've been in there for like a year or two, and, you know, I've seen your name quite a few times in there, you know, placing high or winning. So, you know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about, like, what your strategy was in the jig tournament, and then we can get into some of the other techniques you used to win all the other tournaments. So, okay. uh So, like, all right. We, we had two boat ramps that we were allowed to launch from. One was the Fate Sanders Marina. One was the Stewart's Creek. I don't remember. I launched at the marina, and I don't remember seeing you. Did you launch over there at Stewart's
3: Creek? Uh, yes, I did. I launched at Stewart's Creek. I think there was uh, four of us that launched there that
2: night. Okay. Yeah, I guess everybody went over to the marina because we had several of us over there. Um. So uh,
3: what what was your approach going into it? did uh my approach was it's a jig only tournament so i'm gonna carry five rods all jigs
2: <laughs> you didn't want to <laughs> do no, no swapping then
3: <laughs> i didn't want to do no swapping you know it's jigs i fish them all jigs one of my favorite techniques to okay. use it's uh, usually
2: one of mine too but i've been swapping it up a little bit here lately
3: let's say uh when we first launched out of the i uh, Stewart's Creek. The wind was blowing right in that pocket, right at the boat ramp. I fished probably within 50 yards of the boat ramp because I barked a lot of fish in about eight foot of water. And there's some brush piles set out in front of it. And I was actually swimming a hair jig. Hmm. And that's what my first fish came off of was within the third cast of lines in was just that creature jig right there half ounce wow okay Just,
2: you know what when, when but when the jig still in tournament i didn't even think about a hair jig you know i, I only I was, brought
3: i brought one because <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't sure too and i forgot to ask yesterday but i had one tied on showed uh ashley chaney and he said that's a jig i said all right if not i was gonna cut it off and tie on a swim jig another swim jig a heavier heavier one but yeah
1: were you already pretty familiar with the area or were you, you just relied on mapping it to see what it was like
3: uh, I'm pretty familiar with that whole area priest in general okay because so, this is pretty much our, my home lake okay cool yeah, and you know something that I noticed the
2: other night you know I've fished Stewart's Creek before you know it's a lot of rock and from what I've seen, there's not a whole lot of anything else. There's a little bit of wood structure that I've seen, but not a whole lot. But it's a whole lot of rock out there. Um, and, you know, this was my first time ever fishing Face Sanders Marina. And, man, fishing there compared to the other places i fished on Priest, it was almost like a completely different lake. Like I've been saying for a while, like it, there's no grass on Percy Priest. You go in there in that little cove behind the marina – you know, there's some grass back there. Oh, there's yeah. A, there's a decent amount of like wood structure back there too, and, and it, it, it was crazy because like I'm not used to that on on that lake. You know, I'll fish. You know, even the Fate Sanders recreational area, there's none of that over there. You know, it's all rock. But uh, so you said you were finding them in like eight foot of water. Mm-hmm. You know, were they like on bottom or suspended or?
3: They were suspended, but they were feeding heavily on shad because you could see the shad pop up. And that's, when I saw the archers on my graph, I knew that either they're going to be striped or just a big school of bass. So I just threw out there and started hooking into them. I caught about, on that hair jig, I caught that 18 and a quarter big fish of the night. Oh, my God. First <laughs> pass, so. it, it takes that edge off, you know? Oh,
1: yeah. Then the pressure's off thing. and you can relax absolutely.
3: <clears throat> I, May- I caught uh three more on it within the first fifteen minutes of the tournament. Those other three uh came off, but it didn't bother me after that. You know I got, got hung they were up. <laughs> yeah. And then got hung up in a in that brush pile that I was trying to swim over every time. Cause they're they're like right there on the edges of that brush pile. I got hung up and I broke off and I'm my only one.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: so then uh, I canceled that plan and went went across to some uh, flats out there. And they were pushing shad on the flats. It was it was pretty windy that night. I think we were getting around five to ten miles per hour wind.
2: Yeah, it, it was pretty windy. Like I, I, you know, like I said, I don't have my kayak right now, so I don't have pedal drive. I was borrowing my dad's kayak, and so I was having to paddle and. Man, it was crazy trying to paddle and keep myself positioned while I cast and everything. I I ended up having to go back in a in a little cove back there behind the marina and just to get out of the wind for a minute. But uh,
0: we'll
3: talk do what? We'll talk, we'll talk about that other technique I used, and it and it cinched me some fish too. What's that? Whenever after I got done with you know fishing them on the hair jig, I went out. And I used a a micro finesse jig, Z-man.
2: That, that's one of those. It's basically like a Ned rig head with the skirt on it, right? Yes, sir. This I,
3: doesn't get hung up.
2: I almost, you know, did that, but I didn't think it would be legal, so I didn't do it. Like, well, I almost like made my own. Cause I, you know, I've seen them with that, and I've got skirt material where I used to make my own football jigs, and right. so I was like, you know, it wouldn't take much. Just you know, take uh, some skirt material and put it on that Ned rig head, and you know, there you go. But, so I almost did that, but I, di- I didn't think it'd be legal, so I didn't. Yeah, I'm lazy, so I didn't go. I didn't do it. <laughs>
1: Then were you just popping that, or were you swimming it, or how? What kind of uh, retrieve do you use for that?
3: Well, when it's really windy, I'm really lazy. I just go ahead and I pedal out there, hit, mark the fish in that area, pedal past them, and then let the wind make a long cast and let the wind work it for me. Okay. I'll move back up, and that so way you just... there's no slack in my line.
1: Yeah, and you, yeah, okay, that's really good. We were just talking about that the last episode. How when you sometimes when you cast into the wind, you get that huge bow in your line, and then you can't feel the bites. But that's a good strategy to avoid that. To uh, just cast and then let the wind blow you back, take the slack out of your line, and cool.
3: The pedal drive actually that is where it shines because you can actually control your drift a little bit easier without having to do the old-fashioned one-arm paddle. Yeah. Oh good. yeah it you know
1: absolutely definitely
2: yeah, it's, it's definitely pretty smart and you know you were talking about that 18 and a quarter you know my big fish was 18 you know you got me about <laughs> a quarter inch and uh, i was like man i almost got a little bit of money was so <laughs> close
3: yeah man it's i know my heart's been broken a few times like that where you're so close and then you you think you got it and then a big 23 inch or 24 inch or whatever was that Kentucky Lake gets you <laughs> big fish.
2: Oh, well, man. D- well, you know, everybody that I talked to that night while we we're fishing seemed to have, you know, bad luck. You know, it, it seemed like it was a tough bite for a lot of people uh, other than you. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people were, like, struggling. Like, you know, I think one or two guys didn't have any fish, and then one guy had two small smaller fish. And, uh, you know, I only had one fish for the longest time. I think I caught my second fish, like, within the last hour to hour and a half. Okay. And, uh, you know, I got several bites, but it was, like, short strikes. And, you know, I was throwing a flipping jig, and then I was throwing a swim jig. But, uh, but yeah, it, it... Yeah, they're, they're like they're just little 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 bumps. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh oh, and you're waiting for them to, you know, take it, but they don't.
3: <laughs> uh, sometimes with them short strikes, especially if they're feeding on bait fish, I found out that if if you just keep on reeling it like a swim bader, they'll come back and follow it. You know, some t- some days they want to sitting there, but if they're keyed in on bait fish, I keep it moving. I just make that cast again in that same spot and just. Went by them, kill it for a second, and then pop it up, and then if they're just tapping it, I just keep on reeling. If they keep on tapping, it, sooner or later they got to get it.
2: Yeah, well that that's sort of what what I try to do. Um, you know, with a swim jig, you know, I, I had like a swim bait trailer on there, and uh, you know, I pretty much work it like a steady, slow retrieve. And, uh, that's what I was doing. And, you know, they'd hit it. I I might pause for like a second when they hit it, but then start reeling again.
1: Do you let it tap along the bottom or are you keeping it up in the water column?
2: Uh, it would touch the bottom a little bit, but then I'd try to like get it up a little bit and stay up just a little bit off the bottom. Okay. Um, that might, that might've been my downfall there. You know, maybe it, would have been better having
3: contact with the bottom and it
2: bouncing off stuff. I don't know.
3: Yeah. All my jigs, like you can see that jig right there. It ain't got no paint on the head.
2: Yeah.
3: So to me, the jig head color don't really matter because mine are bouncing that bottom hard. I love it tapping.
2: Yeah. With, with like a flipping jig or something like that, it's, you know, pretty much constant bottom. You know, I used to, be when those big on like popping it but i don't really pop it a whole lot anymore unless i'm like i get hung up on something i'll kind of pop it over it but uh a lot of the time i just kind of you know slowly drag it uh, what what what's your technique for that do you, do you do a lot of popping with it or uh
3: it, it all depends if i'm if i'm swimming it like swimming it through like on if i'm fishing old hickory i swim a jig a flipping jig quite a bit i I like the Ike mini flip on all hickory because I can swim it and it has a really heavy head so whenever you kill it it just goes straight down then I pop it back up and it goes up then it goes down it it goes it's like a bluegill going through the water when they're fishing around them docks and just brush lay down brush it gets the big bites out there for me
2: okay
3: but then if I'm on priest I'm I'm a dragon I'm going to drag a jig all day, main points, flats, uh, football head jig, half ounce. If it's real windy, I go to three-quarter. If I'm fishing 20 feet plus, three-quarter, maybe even a seven-eighths or one ounce, just so I can maintain that contact. Or I go down in line size
1: okay. with lighter wire hook. And what kind of line do you usually throw on?
3: Uh, For a football head jig? Yeah. Uh, well, for your pound. dragon. 15 oh, pounds. Oh, yeah, about 15 pounds, but fluoro, 100%. Okay. Okay. I will go down to 12 pounds, too. Really? Yeah. Just it, to see, keep I, it down. I don't know if I've you know, heard
2: anybody fishing a jig on that light of line. especially that heavy of a jig you know i i i I throw my jigs on like 20 pound fluoro and uh yeah Yeah. i'm scared to go lower than maybe 15 i i could feel all right with but i don't know if i could go much lower than that
3: 17 pound 20 pound is what i i typically swim with fluorocarbon When when i'm fishing around brushing everything but when i'm out there, just on a big point, dragging 15 it. pound, 12 pound, it gets down there. You can feel your jig on the bottom. And w- even with the current, the current's not like slicing your line, pushing your line. It, to me, it just feels right, it feels better. Hmm. But I do go with a little bit softer rod though, with a medium heavy, with a little bit more of a fast action, moderate fast fast, somewhere All around right. there.
2: You see i just i i generally throw mine on a medium heavy but i just uh, got a new rod and it's it's one of those uh Duckett jacob wheeler edition and it's a heavy but it to me it don't really feel like a heavy you know not the heavies i mean which, granted i'm I'm used to like cheaper rods and that you know lesser quality so maybe it's something in that because uh and I'm just not used to a better quality rod, but it to me it just don't feel heavy. You know, it feels more medium heavy or closer to it. But uh, so what's uh, what's some other techniques that I mean? Are are you throwing a jig? You know, most of the time in uh, regular tournaments, or you got like some other techniques you you like to use?
3: Uh, let's see. I throw a jig probably at least. I'm, every time I throw a jig, but my other techniques I use is a shaky head. You know, eighth ounce head with the owner Ultra Point shaky head. That's my favorite shaky head. Eighth ounce, three sixteenths with a Senko, five inch Senko on it. Okay. And sometimes a Robo worm mm-hmm. if I'm fishing for some smallmouth.
4: I was going to say, uh, a,
1: a, a Senko's probably not going to give you a ton of action. I guess some, but not as much as a robo-worm, obviously.
3: Well, on Priest on a weekend or on Hickory, you got so much boat traffic. Yeah, that is It gives true. me all the action I need. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm there bobbing like a bobber out there.
2: Okay. Yeah, especially this coming up weekend, you know, it's, well, I guess this episode won't come out till Monday, so you know fourth of july will be done and over with so happy for happy late fourth everybody <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah so so what do you what do you throw the shaky head on because that, that's something that i don't really throw it's something i've thought about you know trying out more like what, what what's your setup for that
3: uh my spinning gear setup is i'm set up on a what is it 683 in Sierra, which is a six foot eight medium action rod, but it's more like a medium light. And I have it on 10 pound braid with uh, either a seven pound fluorocarbon leader or a 12 pound fluorocarbon leader, depending on what's down on the bottom. And that's that's my rod for all my finesse techniques. So i was problem. gonna
1: say that sounds well, similar to my finesse setup so
2: but jimmy skinner uh here on the podcast probably like likes you with the dobbins rod <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. so how exactly are you you work in that like like with a shaky head are you do you drag that or
3: you know give them some pops or hmm i let the fish tell me because like i said i I do wind drag a lot to find the area of fish okay i drag across the point that the wind drag me across it and then i'll make cast at targets that i know that are in the water like a big rock pile in 15 foot water and just work it there and I, i will just if there's no wind or nothing i will shake my rod tip just very so slightly and sometimes i give it a one big hop and just let it sit back down.
2: So, what kind of fish finder are you using? Because you seem to, you know, you've said quite a bit that you're, you know, looking on it. So you got to have a much better one than I have. Uh,
3: I just, I have a Lowrance Elite TI-9.
2: Okay. So yeah, that's, that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big fish finder there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I I got the Lorenz uh, Hook 2 4X, so it's, it's small.
3: I uh,
1: have the 5-inch the version of the TI, so it's similar but much smaller. <laughs>
3: yeah. I run side scan and you know down imaging, and it's 2D sonar, but if I'm not running 2D sonar, I'll be running maps until I get to a spot. Once I get to a the spot, then I'll turn on my 2D sonar. And I probably turn off my charts if I'm familiar with the area. If I'm not, I keep the charts on. To try to follow the contour lines. Look for, you know, changes in depth, rock piles, because with the side scan and moving like two miles an hour, you can see all what's next to you. And you can make those casts and feel those rocks or throw your. My search mate is actually a uh, wobble head.
1: I, so I'll... That's definitely something i gotta get better at is is coordinating what i see on my graph with where i'm throwing i i'm still definitely learning that
2: yeah i don't have side scan or down scan so and i have i, I still not do not really know what i'm looking at on uh on just my sonar so you know I, i'm starting to get a little better with it but yeah i've that's something I need to work on, or just need to buy a side scan and then work on it.
4: Yeah, <laughs>
3: uh, I think before I had a Ray Marine Dragonfly and it with chirp that actually taught me a lot about you know down scan. It's, it's one of the more affordable units and it's crystal clear. Down scan is beautiful, 2D sonar is beautiful. Mats, eh, unless you buy a map card, but but that was like one of the most user friendly graphs ever used. And then I got this Lawrence because I wanted bigger screen and I wanted to get side scan. And I think I got that last year and I've been just playing with it the whole time, throughout the winter. Now drop shotting.
2: Now being the nine, that's nine inch, right? Mm-hmm. But before I make myself sound stupid, I wanted to clarify that. All right, so having something that big right there in front of you, does that ever get in the way of you? You know, while you're trying to fish.
3: Truthfully, no. Uh, with that KUSFD, I'm sitting up so high that all my cast cleared and I just got used to it. It's it's actually never been a problem with me. The only thing that I ever got in my way is having a net behind me. <laughs> hanging yeah. lure on there. Yeah, I've done that.
2: Yeah, that... <clears throat> man, I've got some horror stories of hanging stuff behind me. That's why, you know, uh, I've hung rods before they were standing up you know trying Mm -hmm. to cast overhead and uh you know i ended up like knocking when i did it it somehow knocked my hat and my sunglasses off my head into the water i was able to grab my hat but the sunglasses are at the bottom of the lake now that was over at williamsport oh man But, uh, but that's why on my crate now all my rods lay horizontally but That cost me a rod because I was fishing a 444 back in, like, April up on Old Hickory, and uh, the wind was really bad, and it blew one of those rods out of my rod holder.
3: Oh. (laughs) Dang. Yeah. Yeah, let let me ask you. Do do those sunglasses fall so slow that you feel like you can still grab them? (laughs) I've lost, like, three pair on the lake, man. (laughs) They all seem to fall so slow
2: the titanic music starts playing <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah that it it was like they were right there and like i should still be able to reach them but i can't reach them anymore but i can still see them and yep but you know it it wasn't it wasn't really about the glasses they were like five dollar walmart polarized sunglasses so it wasn't that i cared much about the glasses it was I had just started fishing for the day pretty much. Like, we were like 10 minutes in. And I knew I wasn't going to have sunglasses the rest of the day. <laughs> and it, it, it was like uh, about, well, I, I think it was like early June last year. So, you know, it was going to be warmer and it was bright and sunny. So, yeah. So, uh, I got we got blinded by the sun today
1: I had a day like that I had a uh, just bought my first um, uh, what's the crazy expensive uh, jerk bait uh, mega bass my, my first vision yeah. and uh, probably two casts in beginning of the day the knot broke and there went my vision just flying and uh it was real early in the morning yet so when it's in the morning and it's still like not sunny out i put my sunglasses on top of my hat and i totally forgot they were up there so i just lost the the jerkbait and i took my hat off and went uh and i threw my sunglasses right in the <laughs> uh, it was i was like Aww. i'm just gonna turn around and paddle back to the ramp because this day is not going my way <laughs>
2: Hey, a lot of the time, those days actually turn out to be the best days. It really mm-hmm. wasn't too bad. Uh,
1: I I did catch some fish and made up for it, but uh, definitely not the way I wanted to start the day. And those weren't cheap sunglasses either. So that was an expensive, expensive day on the water.
2: Yeah, if, if I if I would have done that with my Oakleys, uh,
1: mm. that's actually what they were.
2: Oh,
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I I cried a little especially because it was my own fault but anyhow yeah so you said you you drop shot or you did drop shot to learn your your sonar to so that's the, another thing that i i need to get better at too i just feel like i'm not finding fish when i do that i feel like i have you know even if i mark them i'm like i don't have confidence that i'm dropping it right on them you know what i mean
3: yeah, it's uh it takes a little bit to get your two D sonar like fine tuned where you can actually see your line, your lure, your
2: weight. Oh, okay. You know, that's so you're actually looking for your lure and everything on your uh on your fish finder.
3: Right. I do that in the probably in the winter months more like November, December. Uh the Mickey rig a little bit. S- pretty much the same thing you're, you're using your graph and you're looking at your lure okay and I don't You don't, I don't need think any I, graph.
1: I don't know if I've ever even seen my lure on there maybe I didn't know what I was looking at
3: I yeah, just you raise it up and you'll see a, a streak a line going straight through down to the to your arches okay whatever you're seeing on the bottom because if you're stand, if you're sitting still you you'll see arches just streak across to the bottom or in, off the bottom you watch right. your lure to come down. Okay. And then, once it hits the bottom, you lift your rod, and then you can see your lure come up. Okay. Drop it. Lift up, drop it. Then you know that you're in that's the right spot. Lure. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: I'll definitely have some things to play with now.
2: Yeah, that's you know interesting. Roots? What? is? good
3: place to practice.
2: Why didn't Hank Rogers ever tell us that?
1: Yeah, I know, right?
2: Come on, Bass geek. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, you don't I don't have, to I have always, an
2: expensive graph either. That's what
1: I always thought. I always thought, you know, because I've seen, I've seen people talk about seeing their lures and watching the fish come over, and oh, there he is, boop, got him, you know. But I, I always thought it was, oh, he's probably got like a helix Ultra Vision or whatever the heck those crazy top end ones are.
3: No, no, no. You could, you could have done it on an old fashioned Mark, Mark V. As, as you can see the arch is you definitely gonna seat. have
1: to play with that yeah interesting now i'm now i'm looking forward to getting back out and trying that
2: yeah now i want to upgrade my fish finder <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man so uh any other you know techniques you feel like you've pretty much mastered or you know really good at or well, like you know,
3: I I throw that wobble head quite a bit. It's that's my that's my search bait.
2: Now, what what are you mean by wobble head? Like what? It's like uh, a like jig where the yeah. The
3: right. what? Uh, do I have one on me? No,
2: I like like a swing head jig. Yeah, yeah.
3: swing head jig.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah, use use that as a search bait.
3: Yeah, I fish it like half ounces in three foot. Two foot of water, four foot, five foot, three quarters, a little bit deeper, 10 foot, 10 foot to, I think deepest I like is about 15 foot, three quarter, one That's ounces in 20 to 30 foot. And what is that, that is,
1: what, what different, what's different about that than a regular jig for you? Like how do the way you work it or just,
3: uh, uh I'm, I'm passing out really as fast as I can. Okay. Hitting the rocks, just bouncing the rocks as hard as I can. Interesting.
2: What, okay. What trailer are you putting on there?
3: I uh, throw either a striking rodent or a beaver, four and a mm. quarter, big beaver. It's a big beaver style bait, green champion.
2: Your your fishing techniques. I just want to go on record saying, like, blow my mind. Like, <laughs> I I don't I don't know. Like the stuff that you're saying that you do, you know, I. I've been doing this podcast for like almost a year now or right at a year now. And, you know, talking to different people every single week and the stuff that you say you do is, you know, completely different than, than what I hear most people say. And that might be why you're, you've been so successful, you know, with, uh, all your like wins and high finishes because you're doing something a little different, but it, it's like, kind of like mind boggling like to hear somebody say like like a beaver style bait working it you know reeling it as fast as you can because you know that's something I would generally think would be like something worked slowly or slower you know like a pitching
3: or flipping bait right yeah no it's 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 a search bait for me I I cast it out if you slow down with the heavier weight you're gonna get hung up so you need to move it fast with the I like a extra fast action because It'll hit them rocks and not load up your rod, so it just hits hits the rocks and just bounces off. Hits the rocks, bounces off, and I'm fishing that with 20 pound fluorocarbon. Otherwise, because once you set into them, you have to force them in as fast as you can because they'll throw that, that joker quick.
2: Now, what's the gear ratio you're throwing that with,
3: like uh, the 7, seven three one or? That so it still have. You know, you still have that drag that you need. You ever have a fish just stop you? Uh you can't crank, even though you tighten it up. Uh, my my PB, you
2: know, I, I my PB was on a flipping jig, and uh, you know I pretty much had my drag, you know, as tight as it would go. You know, I always I always keep it real tight on my jig rod, and uh, I was reeling, but the spool wasn't spinning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, you know, that's still, like, a fast reel, and you said you're reeling that, you know, about as fast as you can. That's that's, that's crazy.
3: That, that's how I cover water, though. That's I'm yeah. pedaling, and I'm throwing it out there, and I'm just, if I get hung up a little bit, then I just pedal to it, and I keep on working down the bank, working down the bank. And that's just how I typically cover water on any rocky lake, like, pretty but it's done good for me out at Hickory too, because if you find rock on Hickory, it might be – or deeper rock on Hickory, That could be a game-changer, too, besides the grass.
2: See, you know, you, you're going to make some of the other guys in uh, KBFTN mad telling me all this stuff because, you know, I, I'm in the 444 championship, and we're doing it Friday, and, you know, I might, I might have to use some of your techniques to go hmm. out and whoop them, you know. You know, Adam Riser, Derek Balsic, Danny uh-huh. Morris. You know, you know, yeah, I'm I'm coming for you guys, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get smoked. So <laughs> <laughs> did they announce where it's gonna be at? No, we all had to, uh, we all had to, you know, throw out a a thing, and Shane's gonna randomly. Uh, pick one of the ones that we mentioned so so we we still haven't determined that all we know is friday 6 a.m
3: yeah man that i normally fish the 444s quite a bit but i was on second ship so wow. i couldn't get in any of them
2: Well, oh, that stinks see i just yeah. now went back to work for the first time in three months so I, I fished the last two and uh i skunked in the first one and uh, the second one, I somehow managed to win. Yeah, <laughs> it, it part of it I think had to do with me pre-fishing like two or three days the the week before, and nobody else had been fished out there in a long time. So,
3: oh, well, you know, nowadays I got three kids, and I don't get to pre-fish as often as I used to. Right. So I had to go out with everything and just throw everything and use my electronics to try to find fish.
1: How how long do you throw something before you change it up? Like,
3: yeah. uh, it, maybe maybe a good fifteen minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and I'll I'll change up to something different. Okay. Especially I if think, I don't know what what's going on.
1: And then just keep changing until you hit one, and then see if that forms a pattern. You know, I guess.
3: Yeah. Well, okay. you know, shaking head always gets a bite. That's that's that lure always get a bite on a point. Well, not okay. always, but that's a confidence lure. Okay. You can fish it pretty fast, too, if you fish the three sixteenth head with a 5-inch Senko. Cause it goes down quick, and it just just moves quick.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I never even thought of putting a Senko on there because, like, sa- like I said, I didn't think it had enough action, but I guess, like you said, if, it's, if you're bobbing and moving, you, it's going to have all the action it needs.
2: Yeah, and there is a lot of... A lot of boat traffic out there on that lake. Yeah, it, I actually uh, almost got ran over by a wake boat pulling a, a skier last time I was out. When is when when I was doing my uh, my spring madness bracket tournament against Sam. Um, you know I was out there uh, out there kind of between uh, fate Sanders wreck area and Lamar Hill boat ramp. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was fishing a hump that's, you know, off of the channel a little bit. Yep. And, and you probably know the exact hump I'm talking about.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, but, uh, yeah, this guy came, you know, was coming along and came out of the channel and like came around and went right in front of me. And and like my, my kayak's in here, doing this, <laughs> yeah, and and I I I had a few choice words for them, but
3: <laughs> but man, you no, know, it's this boat traffic gets gets kind of crazy. But I've been doing this for a few years, and it don't really bother me that much. I actually enjoy the boat traffic because sometimes it gets me more bites.
4: <laughs> okay,
3: I've heard that. that I've heard I heard that, want that uh, boat to come by me, you know, if I'm fishing a bluff wall to push that shad and let him hit against that, it would give me a bite. But I just don't get too close to that bluff wall because they'll slam me against it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah, I guess
2: that uh I guess that makes
3: sense. Uh, just a little bit now. I'm I'm not talking <laughs> about like nonstop, you know, every yeah. now and then a boat comes through, it it breaks up the monotony, especially on a really clear and just calm day adds a no. little bit of extra
1: yeah you don't want to be just constantly churning that that gets old quick
3: <laughs> yeah water gets a little bit too dirty for my liking
2: yeah now let me ask you this you know you said you've been doing kayak tournaments for about five years
3: how long have you been bass fishing uh bass fishing uh probably since i was about 15 years old i as a kid i didn't really bass fish i i fished for catfish crappie striper you know food fish yeah i just always seen bass fishing on espn i said man i want to do that (laughs) but you know so i got my license and was able to work and buy my own rods and everything then i started bass fishing
1: are you about to say
2: something sean
1: i was gonna say i i wish i would have started that young
2: (laughs) yeah me too you know i didn't really started bass fishing until i was about 24 and uh you know up until like last year i've completely sucked at it and i still suck at it but i'm a little bit better now
3: <laughs> but uh well, do what oh i was gonna tell you like the other technique i used was uh i spy bait a little bit on on priest on big deep points, and that's just casting wine.
0: just count would, it like,
3: down yeah. and you know
1: cat or cast it out, count it down and where you think they are and then start reeling in yep, slow and just steady
3: feet, slow and steady on towards your uh what is it lower end of the lake towards the dam okay that's that's where all the clear water is for that stuff.
2: Yeah, that's one technique I don't know if we've ever had anybody really talk about on here. And, uh, you know, I hear about it, but I'm really not too sure what it is, to be honest.
1: I'm working on a guy. I I, I have a good, really good guy that I heard on Alex Rudd's podcast, so I'm hoping he will come on and talk to us about that. So.
3: Yeah. It, it ain't a technique that I use quite a bit because the waters around here aren't like crystal clear. Yeah. But on the big points and they're pushing Chad and everything else every night, not shad, but shiners around may, you have a shiner spawn going on around that end of the lake and you'll see them come up against the bluffs and that's by bait. You can work it parallel bluff and work it, or you're working on the main points and it does really well out there.
2: Now, you know, you said you have a boat for, Lakes and a boat for rivers. You know what? What do you do more of? Like, you know, if you're just going out, you know, fun fishing, what would you prefer to do?
3: I'd prefer to float a river with Derek right. and Josh.
2: Do you do you, uh, do you go up to Duck River with them? Yeah, quite a bit. Okay. See, it's I, I need to I need to get out there with y'all because I, I live right here, like five minutes from Duck River. I'm in Chapel Hill. Um, okay yeah i've actually had josh stewart on here before and you know we've talked about going some time we just ain't been able to do it but like i i I finally fished the duck river and now it's like that's where i want to go that's where that so i'm I'm gonna have to get with y'all sometime and you know go float with y'all let let y'all teach me a thing or two
3: you know it's it's like hit and miss some days on there i do like Me, I'm in Murfreesboro, so I float the stones quite a bit, just paddle up, paddle down. Yeah. It's got some, you know, good smallmouth in there. I've caught
2: one smallmouth out of stones. It was up there at at West Fort. Mm Mm-hmm. One I've really seen come out Uh of. Did we lose you, John?
1: No, you froze up on me there for a sec, but you're back now
2: okay yeah, yeah i don't have video on you uh so what do you use the same techniques with river fishing or do you like have some other stuff you use for that uh,
3: river fishing it's uh i keep like there's four main baits i throw in in the river i throw a whopper plopper um uh, a jig spinner bait and uh, white Lysenko. Those
2: are. Yeah. That's you, all you
3: pretty much need.
2: <laughs> yeah, you you speak my language with the whopper plopper. Yeah, I actually <laughs> haven't haven't hardly thrown the whopper plopper this year. You know, that's what everybody made fun of me for throwing so much last year, but I ain't hardly even through it this year. I've been on a underspin uh, underspin kick.
3: Uh, okay.
2: Yes. So, how what size geez. you like to throw? That's thing. Um, what I've been throwing is like a three sixteenth uh, it's like like a like the weighted hook style mm-hmm. and uh, it's like a three sixteenth uh, with a three out hook putting like a uh, three point eight Tech on
3: there. okay.
2: Yeah, I've, I've been uh, pretty successful with that. Like you know, I talk about it almost every episode now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the new whopper plopper for me.
3: <laughs> yeah, I throw the four, was it four point eight Kai Tech quite a bit for a big bite. That's, yeah. that's but I don't ever throw the spinner on it because I always had issues with it getting hung in grass. Well, see, that's so the I, thing.
2: the The ones that I've been using don't hardly get hung up because the you know, a lot, of, a lot of your underspins have have that wire hanging down.
3: Yeah.
2: These don't have that. These has a swivel. Like, say, th- this is the weight on the weighted hook. The swivel comes right out of the back of it, and then the blade's attached to it. Do I? I got one right here. Yeah, see. see that uh, i don't know how well you can see it but that swivel comes right out of that weight right there and then the blades connected directly to it so it don't get hung up as much and stuff you know i can throw it in grass or pretty much anywhere i want and it's pretty weedless yeah this is the uh, wicked weights wicked willow and uh yeah i've been having quite a bit of success on it i even you know that's what i was mainly throwing when i went to the duck river not long ago and uh i I did decent on there but uh yeah do you ever spy
1: bait in the rivers or because i was thinking my, my rivers are clearer than my the lakes are around here and i was wondering how that would work
3: uh i don't really spy bait in the in the river so much i throw like small swim baits and flukes you know, Okay. Just for spy baiting i like it i like them to come up and look at deep water but guys okay. i'll try it though you know you never know yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well in the section of duck river that y'all fish you know what's the average depth there because yeah you know, it, it really threw me off when uh josh stewart got it first got his bite fd and he said he's going to put it in duck river i'm like you're going to put a pedal drive in duck river i feel like that's too shallow and he's like no it's plenty of deep enough so what what's the average depth that y'all are fishing out there
3: uh average depth is probably like nine foot ten foot
2: okay so I think
3: that... you got you know you got shallow area but not much of it not in that area
2: See, that's, that's a little different, I think, from uh, from the area I'm fishing because it's, it's, you know, there might be a little bit of, like, deeper water, but I think you can pretty much stand in pretty much all the water that that I, you know, I, I put in at Henry Horton Park and paddled like a mile and a half upriver and floated back, and okay. it, was, it was all, like, you know, there one not many places deeper than, like, five foot that I saw. But uh, yeah, I might have to try that little bit deeper area.
3: Well, that's the average depth of the whole stretch. you're doing a float that could be six miles, seven miles. Yeah, you got to have areas that a pedal drive won't be useful at all.
2: Yeah, yeah, I figured some areas, you know, you'd have to bring it up and paddle a little bit. But how long of floats do y'all usually do?
3: Uh, sun up to. Pitch black at night.
2: Wow, you're going all day then. That sounds fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'd I'd love to you know find somewhere where I can do like an overnight trip, where you know you just park on the side of the river somewhere, make camp, and then pack back up the next day and float some more. I think that'd be fun.
3: Yeah. Just you know, you got to be very sneaky around here. Do that, camp on the island or something. Or know somebody.
2: Yeah, because
3: pretty much as long as you take care of that area, it's not going to be bad.
2: A, a lot of a lot of that area is uh, like privately owned along the banks in it. Mhm.
3: Even I think when I went out to East Tennessee to fish the Holston, they owned the actual islands in the middle of the they own the riverbed
2: really So,
3: hmm. if there's an island in the middle in east tennessee that's they'll farm it that's their land to farm
1: hmm there's definitely islands in the susquehanna that people own and and live on and or have at least have places on so
2: yeah that's interesting i didn't know people could
3: actually own islands <laughs> it It's probably just an old law or something, but East Tennessee is a whole lot stricter than Middle Tennessee and West Tennessee about water rights, land rights. Now Georgia, Georgia's nice. Every bridge you could pull off and fish off of.
2: Well, is it like state-owned all around that bridge or something?
3: Yeah, in Georgia.
1: Wow, that's really cool.
2: So you could even, you know, say, like, you know, if you wanted to carry your kayak down, you could even put in at any bridge, right? Yes, sir. Wow. That'd be cool. Oh, here it's, like, private.
1: Yeah, that's how it is here, too, yeah.
2: Yeah, That's cool. I I need to go to Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, man, uh you got anything to add before we start wrapping this up or Sean, you got any more questions or
1: I can't think of anything, man. Uh, but yeah, tons of good info. I can't wait to, I'm anxious to get out and try a few of those things. Definitely. For sure. And hopefully now, uh, you know, now that you've put it out there, what you're using, you know, it'll still Uh, work
3: for you. (laughs) It's not, it's not all out there.
2: Okay, good. (laughs) oh you're you're holding back on us man
3: yeah it's not all out there
2: (laughs) well but no i I appreciate you coming on here and you know congratulations about the other night on the jig tournament you know i i i I was a little salty about you beating my big fish by a quarter inch but you Um, know it it is what it is you know but i had fun out there and uh you know you were nice enough to share your jigs with me
3: yeah.
2: oh yeah <laughs> uh but i appreciate that but yeah thanks for coming on you got any uh any like sponsors or shout outs or you know social media you want to shout out to people oh. listening
3: uh not at all man I, I don't have any sponsors i just i'm just a guy that likes to go out and fish i feel you that's awesome
2: man yeah man thanks for coming on here and uh I'm sure I'll see you out on the water some more this year. I plan on fishing with KBFTN a little more this year. Okay.
1: Thanks, Timmy. It was nice meeting you, man. It was a pleasure being on the show. Thank you, guys alright well I guess we'll wrap things up here then guys thanks for tuning in um, this has been the Fast Fixing for New segment on the Paddle and Podcast we're bringing you the techniques the tricks and the tips to help you rip more lips thanks guys
4: later thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in on all your jig and tackle needs.